Hello, and thank you for listening to this sermon podcast from First United Methodist Church of DeRitter, Louisiana, recorded at our 10 o'clock service on Sunday, February 4th, 2018. Our text for the day comes from Hebrews chapter 2, verses 14 through 18, which are as follows. Since, therefore, the children share flesh and blood, he himself likewise shared the same things, so that through death he might destroy the one who has the power of death, that is, the devil, and free those who all their lives were held in slavery by the fear of death. For it is clear that he did not come to help angels, but the descendants of Abraham. Therefore he had to become like his brothers and sisters in every respect, so that he might be a merciful and faithful high priest in the service of God to make a sacrifice of atonement for the sins of the people. Because he himself was tested by what he suffered, he is able to help those who are being tested. Today's passage is one as I said in the preview email on Friday, that probably should make some of us very uncomfortable. And it should make us uncomfortable because we cannot fall into the trap of we don't, God doesn't understand us. Because of this passage here crystallizing the entirety of Christ's mission on earth, there is no way that we can tell God you just don't understand. It's one of those things where we buy into this lie that if someone hasn't gone through exactly what we're going through, we cannot provide empathy and sympathy. We also buy into this lie that no one can understand anything I'm going through. I don't see God dealing with this, do you? I don't see God dealing with this. How can God really get where I'm at and what I'm doing? Well, if we want to take that line of thinking to its logical conclusion, let's tear this place down, disband the church, and move on. Because if we buy into that lie, then there's no point in us being together because we're all individuals. We are all going through different things than everyone else. We all have issues that someone may look at and go, that's not a big deal, but to us it's crippling us. But the point of the Christian community is not to share every experience the exact same as everyone else. I know that when uh, Aaron and I lost Samantha, actually it was 10 years ago last week, the most unhelpful thing for people to say was, I know what you're going through. No, you don't. You talk to anyone who has lost a child, even among that group of people, everybody's experience is different. Everybody's experience is different. And we allow ourselves to get caught up in this idea that we're the first. We're the only ones who have dealt with these things. We're the first, and that makes us unique. That's half right. You are unique. But you're not the first. 
And when I say you're not the first, I'm not saying someone else was in the exact same position you were in or responded exactly the way you would because we're all different. But in today, in five very brief verses that Lexi read to us, we see what Jesus was up to. Since therefore, she read, the children share flesh and blood, he himself shared the same things. You notice he said, so that through death he might destroy the one who has the power of death, that is the devil, and free those whose lives are held in slavery by the fear of death. Hear those words, church. Christ came, the Word made flesh, as John wrote. Christ came so that we would worship a God who had experienced the human life. A God who had experienced the full range of emotions that human beings experience. Now, does that mean God had the exact same, and Christ, God had the exact same hell that you've been through? No. But it does mean that God showed us through Christ that as one living fully human, the world could throw its worst at Him. And yet, He was fully devoted to God. Now see, that may frustrate some of us because we like to live lives as a martyr. I have some relatives, I have some friends throughout the years who I think the song Poor Pitiful Me was written about them. And it's actually kind of sad because Jesus came, as we just read, to free us from all of that. It's not to minimize what we're going through. As I was visiting with someone the other day who had lost a child, I said the point of our painful experiences, the point of the process is not to get over something. I don't care if you're 85 years old, a woman's going to remember the child that she lost at 25. And she may have learned how to move forward, but you never get over that. We never get over some things that people have done to us that cause us physical or emotional harm, but we have a choice to make. We can continue to let those drive us, or we can find a way through them. And through this passage, we see that Christ Himself, by living as one who is fully human, showed that the worst the world had to throw at Him was impotent. I wonder how much our lives would change if we bought into that reality. Do you notice He goes on and He says, for it is clear that God did not come to help angels, but to help the descendants of Abraham. Therefore, he had to become like his brothers and sisters in every respect. He had to become like his brothers and sisters in every respect. He had to walk the roads that we've had to walk. He had to love. He had to mourn. He had to do all of these things. And then He provided the ultimate sacrifice of His life on the cross so that we would find freedom from sin and death. 
reason why we come and we celebrate the sacrament of Holy Communion is to be reminded tangibly of the gift of freedom, to be reminded of the gift of wholeness, to be reminded of the gift of restoration, because the one who provided the ultimate sacrifice did it not for you and I to continue in an attitude of guilt, but so that we might be free. I wonder how many of us today find our spirits, if not our bodies, bound up because we won't let go of the things that have either physically or spiritually debilitated us. The very things that Christ came to atone for in His life. As we come to celebrate Holy Communion today, what is it that Christ is trying to break you free of through the bread and through the cup? What is it about the bread and the cup? Why did we do this? Hold on a minute. Why do we take Holy Communion? Why do we worship Jesus? Why, do, why is it so important that Christ paid the price for all? so that he might be a merciful and faithful high priest in the service of God to make a sacrifice of atonement for the sins of the people. He might be to make a sacrifice of atonement for the sins of the people. Basically what Christ is doing here on the cross, what Christ is doing here in the bread and the cup is saying, I don't... I care immensely, but it doesn't matter what sin you have committed. By me offering my life as a sacrifice to God, you may experience freedom, wholeness, restoration, redemption, and reconciliation. And you may experience it because God has already received the ultimate sacrifice. Now the question is, what do we do with it? We have a choice to see... Here's the thing. Jesus died on the cross, but He doesn't make us accept that gift. Instead, basically what Jesus is doing is He's saying, I have paid it all, and I'm going to leave this gift for you. Now, just because I give you that gift does not mean you have to accept it. And just because you accept it does not mean you have to open it. And just because you open it doesn't mean you have to use it. But God has given us the gift of forgiveness, reconciliation. What we must wrestle with in the light of this passage is, what are we doing with that? Are we continuing to stew in our past? Are we continuing to let the slights drive our lives? Or are we going to embrace the faith? You notice nowhere does Jesus deny us the pain and the agony that we feel when sin is a part of our lives, both that we commit and that others commit against us. But through Jesus, through Jesus alone, Sin has been forgiven. The question is, do you and I accept that gift? Or do we want to hold on to what was? The writer of Hebrews finishes with this, because he himself was tested by what he suffered, he is able to help those 
who are being tested. That's what we're getting ready to go through with the season of Lent. We're getting ready to go through a season where we reflect upon suffering, where we reflect upon sin, where we reflect upon our desperate need for divine grace and mercy. And we do it to prepare for the resurrection of the one who atoned for our sin. We do it a celebration of the one who was resurrected, the one who experienced the feelings of betrayal, the feelings of denial, the feelings of physical pain and torture, the feeling of injustice, the feeling of being an outcast, the feeling of all these things that you and I hold on to as a badge of honor for why our lives cannot be ones that are made free by Christ. When yet, it is precisely because of Easter Sunday, we don't have to be dominated by our feelings. And we don't have to be dominated by our past. But instead, we can embrace the glory of the resurrection. And through those five verses, you've seen that we are not the first. Jesus came in response to the needs of the faithful of the Old Covenant, who were trying their hardest to work and work and work and work to prove their righteousness to God. If only I do this, if only I do this, if only I do this, if only I do this. No. Jesus said, here it is, follow me. And Jesus was the first. Let's make sure we don't miss it. Because in our series, Be It Therefore Resolved, Be It Therefore Resolved, we are not the first. And because we are not the first, we can embrace the gift of the freedom that comes from knowing Christ our Lord. Thank you for listening to this podcast of First United Methodist Church of DeRitter, Louisiana. You may find out more about us at fumcderitter.org.